Alright, so good evening uh, everybody out there. It's been a long time since we've been with you and uh, we're coming to you after a long layoff. This is another episode of Wagers Ragers. Uh, last time we were with you was the Super Bowl preview show where I believe it was just myself and John. Uh, but all three of us are back and so I am your host, Joshua J.T. Buckner. Joining me as well on the right-hand coast is Jonathan Donath. Good evening, everybody. And on the left coast, Michael Caracosa. How are we doing out there? All right. So we're in that situation where, you know, most states, if not all, are at a, uh, a stay-at-home order. And people have basically been staying home, trying to uh, be safe and well and so, Mike, I'll start with you on the left coast. How have you been uh, handling the shelter-in-place, stay-at-home uh, out there in California? You know, luckily, we just moved into a bigger house out here in California. So, spacing out a little bit, uh, you know, Bakersfield, kind of socially distanced from the rest of California, which is nice. So, yeah, just doing our thing, hanging out. Can't, can't really complain. Everybody's healthy. So, just taking it one day at a time out here. Good stuff. Uh, John, how about how you doing out in Hunter County? Um, we're doing okay. As you know, but the, the people at home probably do not. Um, both myself and, and my wife, our, our day jobs are, are lawyers. So we're both trying to do that job from home. Uh, at the same time, I also have two kids and, you know, we're responsible for all of their schooling now. So we're full-time lawyers and teachers and trying to do that in a safe and responsible way. And you know, to varying degrees of success, but you know, we're maintaining. How about you, man? Yeah, good stuff. Uh, just like you and your wife, I'm an attorney as well. And uh, my wife, uh, thankfully, um, before all this happened, she essentially worked from home. So um, she was used to working from home. Myself, this is a, a real um, tough transition for me, uh, working from home, being, you know, accustomed to going to an office and going to court all the time. But we have two kids as well, trying to homeschool them. But, you know, the most important thing is to try and stay home, stop the spread, and hopefully put this uh, virus behind us sooner than later. We can get back to uh, some normalcy, including all the sports that we all enjoy and love. Um, and so uh, that kind of brings us into the topic of tonight, which is the NFL Draft, which is coming up on Thursday night. And, uh, you know, it's a modified setup. Everything is going to be virtual so that, you know, everybody's not contained in one place and not social distancing, but it's going to be interesting. And I, I you know, I want to know what you guys think of how this is going to affect, uh, you know, all of the teams that are participating in this draft this year. Now, who wants to start us off? Yeah, I'll talk a little about that. You know, I think one of the things the NFL should have done was uh, basically extend the amount of time each team had for their picks. You know, in the past... I don't know how many years ago, but it was 15 minutes for the first round pick, 10 minutes for the second round pick. I think they should have implemented that for this year. I think that would have been a smart move, just giving teams a little more time to figure things out, allows more teams to make trades. Uh, you know, I think there's going to be some issues with, as far as, you know, technical issues. They already did a mock draft that where Cincinnati, apparently first pick in the draft, you know, it was mock draft, of course, but, you know, had technical issues. So, you know, let's just hope it goes smooth. Let's hope they're, you know, still able to do some trades, keep it interesting. But 
you know, I, I think it'll it'll be a relatively smooth draft overall, and uh, just really looking forward to it at this point. John, what do you think? Well, first of all, I know there's been you know some dialogue about you know should the NFL go forward with the draft, should they not go forward with it, and you know people who think that they shouldn't, I, I totally respect that, but. You know, as a football fan, I, I'm very thankful they're going forward with it. It is the kind of function that they can have, you know, without having a bunch of people together. Um, so with mostly everyone still being responsible as far as that goes. I know some of the GMs apparently were complaining about not being able to have as, enough research and stuff and whatever. You know, <laughs> at best, the best GMs hit on half their picks anyway. So listen, I think America needs this. I'm glad they're going forward with it 100% that increasing the time between picks I had not thought of that that's a really good idea I, I agree they should have done that now that you say that um, it would have also increased the the, the the programming too that we're all watching and there's that's all it's going to be is a bunch of guys sitting around watching highlights and talking anyway so I think that's a really good idea uh, one more thing I want, I want to say is that with the technical difficulties I think you'll both remember like in past drafts I think it was Baltimore and maybe Minnesota in the past five years you know didn't make a pick, so their, their pick got kicked back. I'm expecting that to happen at least once, um, but I don't care. I think it's going to be one of the most wide-open drafts. I think there's going to be a ton of surprise picks um, because people just don't have as much information. I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, I mean, I think that, um, you know, given the fact that everybody's been so detached from live sports, and I get it, this is not a live sporting event, but in reality, you know, when you think about the NFL, you think about the top um, you know, events of the NFL and the draft is right up there with first game of the year, uh, playoffs. I mean, the draft is an event. I mean, just think about how crazy it was in Nashville last year with the draft. I mean, how many people were there and how many people go insane for it? I think it's going to be, you know, a top rated uh, draft this year. Everybody's going to be watching it because there's nothing else on. I mean, how, how, how long can you watch MSNBC or CNN? or God forbid you're gonna watch Fox News, but you know, um, you can't watch that all night long. You need something to kind of take you away from what's going on in the world. And I think this NFL draft on Thursday, especially the first round and, and you know, Friday going into the weekend, although every night, every day seems like a weekend because you're home all day, but uh, you know, it's gonna be a really highly rated event. And you know, I think there might be some technical glitches, but I gotta say the WNBA did their draft virtually and everything went off without a hitch. So I'm hoping that given, you know, how big the NFL is and how much money they have and how much, you know, infrastructure they have, that they've put in place enough in there that there's not going to be those technical glitches. But if they are, hopefully, that you know, they look at it and they say, okay, if somebody got cut off, we're not just going to cut off their draft pick. I mean, I think that would be really, you know, draconian to do that. Um, but that being said, I, I agree with John. I think it's going to be wide open. I think in years past, there's been lots of, you know, trades and moving up and moving back. I think you can see a lot of that going on tomorrow because people are just going to be like, this is the guy I wanted and now he's gone and now I got to trade back or I got to trade up. And I think it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be pretty interesting and really exciting. So I'm looking and forward one to One interesting thing there too, I, one GM was interviewed, I forget which one it was, but he basically said that this year in particular, a lot of the analysts have the draft entirely wrong as far as how they've rated a lot of the players and mocks and whatnot. So I think there's going to be a lot of picks that surprise a lot of people on the outside, but probably the inner circles of the NFL makes sense. So that should keep, you know, keep it very interesting for a lot of people 
uh, you know, watching the draft. Um, I think they also said there's um, a button they can hit if they run into technical difficulties as far as like, you know, would you get a pick skipped essentially if, uh, you know, or they go after the next person. I think there's something they can hit where they basically say, hey, we got technical difficulties, pause the, they basically pause the draft. And like so, stop it, stop it before the next person makes their pick so that they can actually get back online and make their pick. Yeah. So that they're not like left behind and maybe like somebody they wanted to pick in that pick, that team behind them picks them. Yeah. Makes sense. I mean, you know, I was listening to a radio show where they were talking about how they're going to tie all these people in. And they're like, the GM probably has a line where he's tied into the NFL, like Roger Goodell. Then the GM also has a line where he's tied into the owner. Then the GM has a line where he's tied into the head coach and a bunch of scouts. And this guy's got to be probably running between rooms or has a bunch of different Zoom windows open or a bunch of different laptops and stuff. It's going to be pretty, pretty insane. Yeah, it was glad. I was glad to hear that the WNBA did something similar and went off about a hitch because I'm yeah. thinking about it in my mind, and I'm watching any live stream event or anything like that that you've seen. Typically, has some technical difficulties at least at the beginning, and now I'm thinking of okay, well they've got 32 live hits they need to make, plus reporters, plus like the base with whoever's going to be the the base, you know, hosts of, of the evening. Man, from a technical perspective, it sounds like a nightmare. Um, but I just think it's going to make it that much more fun. So here's a wrench to throw in the plan, right? So here in, in Northern Jersey, and I'm not sure, John, if you, if you get the fan or not on the radio, yep. but uh, Boomer Esiason and a guy by the name of Greg Giannotti do a, a morning show, and Boomer Esiason is this big proponent of having a generator, and he goes, these GMs, these teams, they better have generators because – you live in South Florida and there's bad weather or you live, you know, wherever and there's tornadoes and your power goes out, you better have a generator because if you get thrown offline, you're screwed. So we'll see. I mean, to, to be honest, they're not sitting in like Steve, you know, Frank Smith's, you know, rancher, you know, over in, in wherever, <laughs> you know, these are NFL multi-gazillion dollar businesses. I hope they have backups on the power, but you know what? You never know. Well, you know, when you hear Dave Gettleman, maybe he's living old school with like the uh, antennas on top of his of his house. So, <laughs> well, they actually just said today that they he's going to have an in home IT support person from the Giants organization. There you go. So he will be there supporting Gettleman, uh, six feet apart, of course, but he'll have someone there. I bet he's not the only one. All right, so let's <laughs> let's move into the substance of the draft, and uh, all three of us have our own. Hold on a second. Go ahead. Before we go in the draft, maybe we should talk about that trade that went down today. Oh, sure. Go ahead. Hey, what can I say? I'm on Tom Brady's workout plan now. Yeah, Winkowski, Tampa Bay, teaming up with Brady. Going to have a potent offense down there in Tampa. Bruce Arians. Sure, going to be scheming up tons of great um, plays there for all of them. But, uh, you know, that's uh, no one saw that coming. If you had a keeper league and you had Gronkowski, you know, you're probably pretty happy right now if you randomly had throwing them on your roster at the end of the season. But, uh, yeah, what do you guys think about that? You know, I want to know whether or not he's going to be um, able to defend his WWE title that he won at WrestleMania. <laughs> uh, I, think it's a, I think it's a great move. Obviously, you know, Tom Brady, I'm sure, um, you know, had been working the phones and putting this in motion even before he went to Tampa Bay, you know, telling Gronkowski, this is where I'm going. You need to come out of retirement and come with me. 
I, you know, the, my concern is, is that, you know, the guy's a wild man. He likes to go out and have a good time, you know, join the WWE, looked a lot smaller than he looked during his football season. I just, you know, my concern is, is he going to get back up to, you know, football size and football strength and come out there? I know he's going to be healthy from not getting banged around all, all year long, but I guess time will tell. But I, I don't it's, – it's not a bad move. I don't think you have anything to lose with it. So we'll see. And just real quick to tie it up, it was fun. It was nice to have a piece of NFL news even right before the NFL draft. So that was great. I do think it's the, the type of move that is more important, for example, for like our purposes, as far as placing wagers, it'll definitely have an effect. You know, we'll see how that plays out. And also, you know, related in a, in a related move like um, real football um, for example, for things like fantasy, I don't think it makes that much a difference because I, you know, I think that Gronkowski is probably just going to be a piece of the machine down there more than he was in New England. You know, he's going to be 31 now, uh, another year older, more malice to feed than probably has ever played with Gronk before. But, you know, again, when it comes down to wagering on the games and the point spreads and things like that, um, prop bets, you know, Gronk is, is going to be a, a monster in the red zone, I bet, if he's healthy. So, uh, fun to have some 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 good news. Important for our purposes uh, as far as placing wagers later on. Um, so yeah, let's go. Over under four and a half on catches a game, or three and a half. I I take the under on four and a half. Yeah, so would I. I think three and a half is probably where that number falls. I was thinking four, but you know they always put that hook on there. So three and a half maybe is where it sits. And we'll see how the season goes. All right. Should we jump on in? All right. So let's get to the NFL draft, guys. Uh, as, I had, as I alluded to before, all of us have our own favorite team that we root for. Um, as if you listen to the podcast before, you know my team is the Jets. Uh, Mike's team is the Giants. And John's team is the Philadelphia Eagles. So I'm sure all of us have you know, been looking and, and delving into what are our needs for our respective teams. So... So, Mike, why don't you kick it off for us and uh, and tell us who is your dream pick for your team this year? Who do you think they're going to take? Who would you like them to take? Uh, and tell us why. Dream pick, yeah. I mean, the popular choice is offensive tackle, right? Joe Judge, new coach in New York Giants, said he wants to run the ball, play tough, play physical. You know, everything's pointing towards O-line here. But at the same time, defense is still a mess. You know, they like versatility on the defensive side of the ball. So I could see Simmons here. Um, you know, I could see an offensive tackle. But the thing about Gettleman is he's never stayed the course, right? Everyone thinks offensive tackle. Everyone thinks defensive player. You know, he likes his hog mollies. I could still see him going Derek Brown if in any other draft, but I think his job's on the line. So I think he's going to play this a little more conservative. But I wouldn't rule out wide receiver. You know, no one's talking about wide receiver to the Giants. You look at the Giants, they don't really have a true number one. Golden Tate, you know, he's getting up there in age. Sterling Shepard, concussions. You know, there's talk of trading Evan Ingram. I don't know if you want to give a quarterback, without a new quarterback, no weapons, right, in, a, in an offense. So, you know, as a surprise pick, I could see wide receiver happening. Um, but, you know, I think my dream pick is if Chase Young somehow fell to them. I think they're desperate for edge rushers. So for me, that's a home run draft. But, you know, I think it's going to be offensive tackle. And, you know, you hear around the league, they're trying heavily to trade down. 
So it could be a surprise trade down. Who knows? Maybe the Raiders move up for a quarterback. You know, Giants were sending out smoke screens that they were doing their homework on Justin Herbert. Uh, you know, I don't see that ever happening. This won't be another situation like the Cardinals last year. But, you know, I think uh, dream pick Chase Young, but more likely I think Jedrick Willis is going to be the pick. Uh, just the, the ties to Alabama, Joe Judge, who, you know, learned under Saban. I think ultimately that's probably their top target. Uh, so, John, how do you feel about the Eagles? What do you think? Well, guys, I have a confession <laughs> to make. I have fallen in love. I'm in love with a dreamboat. I'm in love, I'm in love, I'm in love, I'm in love, I'm in love. Named C.D. Lamb. Wide receiver junior out of Oklahoma. You've got, have, you guys have seen the highlights. Um, you know, you've seen the highlights of him making o, ODB-like catches. He's big. He's strong. He's fast. He can play inside. He can play outside. The only knock on him that I've seen is that maybe he didn't play, you know, enough press coverage, coverage in, the, in the Big 12. I don't care. This guy is a beast and a half. I'd trade two number ones to get him. Uh, a number one plus to move up to, to get him. Uh, Mike had, had circulated a story a couple of days ago that the Eagles were looking into, you know, aggressively trading up to get Lamb. I would love that. I would be head over heels if they got, if they traded up to get CeeDee Lamb. They would have to trade up. I'm almost positive he's going to go in, in, top, in the top 15. My Eagles are sitting at 21. They have a desperate need for wide receiver. Um, I'm surprised. Uh, and a little disappointed that they put themselves in a situation where I think it's obvious that they need to come out of the draft with like two wide receivers. Um, but CeeDee Lamb would be my guy uh, as far as who I think that they'll probably take. Um, assuming they're not able to trade up if they have to stay at 21. Um, every other mock has them taking Justin Jefferson out of LSU, who is not the most exciting pick in the world. He played his, his last year's junior at LSU. Uh, almost exclusively in the slot. Um, but the more and more research I do about him, um, it sounds like he's a very polished receiver that is a almost like a Robert Woods type of guy who can actually play in a lot of different places, even though he didn't last year. So I'd be happy with that. Not as excited as I would be if they traded up and got my boyfriend, C.D. Lamb. I saw Justin Jefferson play in that game against Clemson. Uh, where I think like Joe Burrow had like seven or eight touchdowns and I think he had about five or six of them. He's a he's a player. So I wouldn't be uh, too unhappy if I drafted him. So with the Jets, hey, listen, um, unlike the Bengals or the Chargers or the Dolphins who need a quarterback, the Jets don't need a quarterback. What do they need? They need protection. But they also need wide receivers because their receivers right now consist of Quincy Inouye, who's coming off of a neck injury. They uh, signed Perryman from the Buccaneers, who had a great end of the season last year, and he's a, he's a burner. I don't know if he's a real number one. But, you know, they don't really have a wide receiver core, so their needs are offensive line, wide receiver, and edge rusher. But I don't want to see uh, Sam Darnold be on the ground over and over and over again. I mean, look, my dream pick would be CeeDee Lamb or the wide receiver from from Alabama. You know, either one of those would be great because those guys are number one receivers, but I need my quarterback to be standing upright. And so my dream pick is, is either um, 
the offensive lineman uh, Wills out of Alabama, which I think he's going to probably be off the board. Um, but who I really like is I like Thomas out of Georgia, the offensive lineman out of Georgia. He's been on my board as the number one offensive lineman. The scouts say he's ready to play. He's ready to just insert himself right into the lineup and uh, right onto the offensive line. So I know it's not the sexy pick, but my dream pick is to get a, a stud uh, offensive lineman like Thomas, and hopefully he's still on the board at number 11. They, they've said that from an insider perspective, that Thomas is like the best left tackle prospect out of the top four linemen, being Wirfs, uh, Willis, Thomas, uh, Becton. But, you know, they're saying Becton has the most upside. I mean, would you be, how, how did you feel if you got Becton instead of in Thomas? Yeah, I mean, I, would, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't care if it was either one of those. I mean, but if I had my druthers, I would want Thomas because he seems to be the most polished right now to go in there and insert himself. Now, are the Jets really a Super Bowl contender in 2020, 21 season? Probably not. So it's not terrible if we had, you know, drafted an offensive lineman that needed a year to kind of season himself in there and, and then, you know, mature and, and be right there as one of the top offensive linemen in the next season after this season. You know, not terrible. Um, but, you know, you never know what's going to happen through the draft and through, you know, what have you. And Darnold may make, take like a huge step up. And if he's got an offensive line to protect him, you know, with that receiving core, maybe he does all right. Uh, you know, we'll see. They are saying Thomas has motivational issues. Like he doesn't play to his full potential. Like, you know, he's 100% sometimes other times he's playing half speed so you know i think that's one of the knocks on him i don't know how true that is but that's what they're saying i guess time will tell time will tell time will tell we'll see what happens uh so you know we have in in our podcasts over you know this last season it's heavily into um betting hence the name wagers ragers and so Thankfully, on DraftKings, they have uh, various scenarios and betting lines for where these players are going to be drafted. And so before we get into um, a mock draft, which we're going to get into and we'll see where you know we think players are going to fall, um, let's talk about how DraftKings has players rated and where we think they're going to fall in the draft. Uh, has everybody looked into DraftKings and, and looked at the lines? I have, mainly from a prop perspective. Okay. So go ahead. I've looked at it a little bit differently, but John, go ahead. Give us your prop perspective. All right. So I've got three kind of categories here of some of my favorite props that I've seen. Um, and I think this is going to be a lot of fun, to be honest with you. This is going to be the first time that I've bet on an NFL draft, and I'm going to do so heavily. <laughs> this is a tasty burger. So number one, the first one is not really a category. It's a specific prop bet. Um, and you can bet on where a particular player is going to get drafted, sort of like an over-under bet. And my favorite one that I saw is Jerry Judy. Uh, and the over-under is uh, 12 and a half, between pick 12 and 13, right? And over 12 and a half, so if he gets picked 13 or later, is plus 125. And I jumped on it, and the reason why is that there was a report earlier today that Judy could potentially fall in the first round because he's got knee issues that nobody really has talked about that much. And he actually had knee surgery in 2018. So I, I, I love that one. The second one that I like a lot, and this is really more of a category, and it harkens back to what Mike was talking about earlier about the Giants actually, and how every mock that you see has the Giants taking one of the offensive linemen, one of the top offensive linemen, right? Um, 
But David Gettleman is, is a bit of a wild card. He's already shown that if he likes a guy, he doesn't mind going 10, 15, 20 spots early to take him. Uh, and after just using a top 10 pick on an offensive player, uh, a quarterback last year, already having Saquon Barkley, I feel like David Gettleman is going to want to go defense here. Yes, Chase Young would be would be a dream come true for the Giants, a nightmare come true for the Eagles, but I'm looking at things like this. For example, Giants to take a linebacker with their first pick, plus 350. I'm thinking about that, and I'm thinking, could they take Clemson's Isaiah Simmons? I could totally see that. I could totally see that. How about the Giants to take a cornerback? Listen to this to take a cornerback with their first pick, plus 1,600. Wow. Meanwhile, the cornerback Okuda is going to be sitting right there and is considered a top five prospect. I could not write that off. Uh, And then just in general, to go offense or defense, the Giants to go defense with their first pick is plus 300. I love that so much. That leads me right into my the the last category of props that are – there's a bunch more actually that I like. But props that I love – the third category is just whether the team is going to go offense or defense. Um, and because you've got, you know, 50, 50 shot basically. Um, and I picked out a couple of my, my favorites here, the Panthers to go offense plus two twenty five. Um, they got their new coach in there from Baylor. Uh, he's a big time offensive guy. I could see him wanting to add more offensive firepower Cleveland to go defense is plus two sixty. Uh, the Lions to go – well, this is a specific position. The Lions to go quarterback, plus 1,200. The Lions to go offense, plus 400. So mm-hmm. those are some of my favorites there. Judy, because the report came out earlier today, that he might have knee issues. I could see him going after pick 12. The Giants to go defense or take a linebacker. There's some good props there. And th- then just in general, taking a team to go offense or defense, Panthers to go offense, Cleveland to go defense, Detroit to go offense. Well, John, I got one for you here, just real quick. And I think this is, you just kind of spelled out this bet. This is a no-brainer for you. First wide receiver drafted, based on everything you said, CeeDee Lamb, plus 130. I think. I I love it. Easy one for you. I love it. I'm definitely taking that. So, so Mike, I'm going to let you finish this off. So, I'm going to go next. And I'm going to stay straight with uh, the bets where they're going to fall in the over-unders. And so... Um, the, the one bet that I already laid three and a half units on three and a half units on this Ooh, What? every mock draft I have looked at every, um, what this team needs that I have seen is cornerback and it's the Detroit lions picking number three, probably one of the top three prospects in the draft, Jeff Okuda out of Ohio State, cornerback. All of the mock drafts I've seen, they're not drafting a quarterback. They're just not. The mock, the mock drafts I've seen, he's going in this position every draft. His over-under, four and a half. He gets picked third. It's a winner. Under four and a half, plus 110. I like it. 350 already. And I may bump it up. To a dime. <laughs> One million dollars. Come draft it. Man, I mean, 
You're not afraid. I mean, there's a lot of talk of Detroit trading out a number three pick with to five Miami. We'll see. I think that uh, I think they would be foolish to do that because the Giants and the Lions are not drafting a quarterback, and I, I, I see Miami drafting Tua. Um, so I don't see any reason for Miami to move out of that position. I see Detroit uh, drafting uh, Akuda. I think he's like one A to Chase Young. I mean, Joe Burrow, he's the number one quarterback just based on his stats and how he played in LSU but as far as football player is concerned it's Chase Young is one Okuda is one a and the Lions are not going to pass up on him especially when their number one need is cornerback three and a half units already on Okuda they have said he's the next Jalen Ramsey so yeah there's that yeah and so my other two I have another cornerback and a linebacker who's going number four to the Giants is it going to be an offensive lineman or is it going to be a once-in-a-lifetime linebacker in Isaiah Simmons? To me, under six and a half. I don't know if I'm laying, you know, multiple units on this. I like it. I think that uh, the tea leaves kind of tell you that the Giants might go Isaiah Simmons because they just look at him and they say, how can we pass him up? Uh, under six and a half. It's uh, plus 115 right now. Could be the Giants. Could be the Chargers who have another first-round pick later on in the draft, who also need a quarterback, who might wait and see if, you know, Herbert drops or they might draft uh, um, Love out of that pick. And, and they might, you know, jump on Isaiah Simmons. So I, I like the uh, under six and a half on Simmons. And the other cornerback I love, C.J. Henderson out of Florida, under 12 and a half, plus 110. I don't think he lasts that long. I think he's going to get picked right after uh, Okuda you know, down the line a little bit. Uh, Jacksonville needs some secondary pick. They got a, the ninth pick in the draft. So uh, I, it's plus 110. I like C.J. Henderson out of Florida. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that you're, I, I love the Isaiah Simmons uh, pick, JT. That kind of dovetails with what I was talking about earlier about the Giants going defense and potentially the, the Giants to take a linebacker bet. Double that up with, with, with Isaiah, Isaiah Simmons. Um, what did you say? That was not lasting past six and a half. Yeah. I, I, I love that. Um, the Okuda one, I tell you, the reason why I like it is this. Now, when I see every single mock draft, uh, pegging the lions to take Okuda and, and that's what I've seen, just like you have, um, that really makes me want to go the other way. I'm like every single mock draft has the lions taking a cornerback. I'm going the other way, but the beauty of that bet is that it's four and a half, right? So he doesn't have to go at three to the Lions. He can go to three at go to the Lions at, at three to somebody. Oh no, he can go to somebody else at three, or the Giants can pick him at four, or something else crazy can happen. He just has to go in the top four. The one thing about him going at three to the Lions in every mock draft, I think, tells me not so much that the Lions are going to take him, but that everybody views this guy as a top three or four talent. That makes me like it. And I'll just throw you out one more nugget, not on Okuda, but edge rusher, Shazon from LSU. Yeah, Line, un, under 16, I'm sorry, over 16 and a half. Guess where he's going? 17 to Dallas. Lock it up. Minus 134. Not great odds, but that's where he's going. All right. So instead of me throwing props out there, I'm going to throw some props out there to you guys. See how you would bet this. So let's start with this. On the subject of cornerback, 
Total cornerbacks drafted in the first rounds, over four and a half or under? Quarterbacks or cornerbacks? Corner, cornerbacks. Cornerbacks. Hmm. Over right now is minus 143, under plus 118. Four and a half? Under. Yeah. Give me the under. Going under? What would you do? Cornerbacks. Go over? I'm going uh, – I'm going to go under. I'm going to say four. What yeah. about – this was one we had talked about a while back. Total wide receivers drafted in the first round. Over five and a half, under five and a half. I'm going under. I'm going to say five. Yeah, I, I like I like the under on that too. And is that still 163 plus 163? It is, yep. I like it. That, that one's a little bit tough because wide receiver is one of those positions that can kind of blow up. I don't see cornerback doing that. I feel like cornerback every year, like you have a couple that go high and you don't see a lot of cornerbacks going like the last five to ten picks of the first round. Wide receivers, that could happen. But, you know, even five is a lot, guys. Even five is a lot. So I like the under on that too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, my, my receivers, my receivers, I have Judy, uh, Lamb, Ruggs, Jefferson, and maybe the uh, receiver out of Arizona State, uh, Aliuk. Uh, I, but I can't see it going past that. I mean, T. Higgins is the next on my list. He's a second-round receiver. So I like the under on the five and a half for sure. All right. I think that's all I got for now. Okay. Want to jump into the mock? Yeah, let's jump into the mock draft, guys. Um, so – I think we set this, how we set this up is we're going to go through the draft and uh, each of us is going to make a pick until we get down to the end of the first round. And we're going to start off with uh, Mike. You're going to be number one, I believe. Yep. Picking second. And John, you are picking third and we'll just go right down the line. So we'll give some brief analysis of the player we're picking and why we're picking and uh, we'll move on. So Mike, set us off. Pick right. number one. It's a real, uh, a real shocker, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, luckily I have the easiest pick in the draft here. I think this is a no-brainer. You know, Joe Burrow, since he needs a quarterback, they already said that, you know, they're, they're moving on from Andy Dalton. Um, their biggest needs, quarterback, O-line, linebacker. You know, I, I did hear some rumbling that there could be a surprise where maybe they take Chase Young. Just don't see it happening. It's not, you know, they need a quarterback in the first pick in the draft. Some people have compared Burrow recently to Joe Montana, if you can believe that. So, I mean, if you have a chance to draft Joe Montana, you draft Joe Montana. And I think that's where we're at with Cincinnati. So, Joe Burrow, no-brainer, that's the pick. Yeah, I mean, Mike, I'm in the same position as you. I mean, I'm basically um, sitting at number two and have the opportunity to basically draft the best football player in the draft, hands down, by all scouts, by anybody that's watched him play. Um, if the Redskins do not draft Chase Young, they should be relegated to the XFL and eliminated from the NFL. This is hands down the best player in the draft right now, and it's a no-brainer. The Redskins will be drafting Chase Young. Anybody would be drafting Chase Young. So uh, with the number two pick, uh, the Redskins are picking Chase Young for sure. All right. And that puts me on the clock with the Detroit Lions. I thought long and hard about this. You know, the Lions have a, a, a bunch of needs here. Cornerback, defensive line, offensive line. Um, NFL.com has running back as, as a need for them as well. I don't know that they're going to give up on, on Carry on Johnson yet, even if they 
they do. I don't think they're going to go running back here. I don't want to take the cornerback here. I really don't. But I think Akuda might be the best player. I could see a trade happening here. But I'm going to, I'm going to go chalk here. I'm going to go Akuda. I could see Matt Patricia wanting to go defense here. Um, he comes from the school of Bill Belichick. Uh, the Patriots have had great cornerbacks in the past, Asante Samuel. They have uh, Gilmore now. So I'm going to go Akuda. I'll stick chalk at three. Nice. On to my New York Giants. All right. Well, as I kind of alluded to earlier, I think the priority here is O-line. You know, a lot of talk out there. The Giants want to, want to trade down. I think they're going to try and do that. Uh, you know, could be a surprise with a Derek round, but I think they have to fortify the trenches here one way or another on the O-line. And I think it's, you know, the ties to Alabama. Jedrick Willis makes a lot of sense. I think that's the pick for the Giants at four. So, look, I mean, I know there was some talk about uh, the number five pick, maybe Miami moving up to three to get their player because they need a quarterback. And there's been a lot of talk about, you know, are the Dolphins interested in Tua? Have they seen him play? Are they concerned about his injury? Are they concerned about his hip? Um, but I think at the end of the day, it's all a bunch of smokescreen. And I think Miami's going to sit tight. They're going to sit at number five. They're going to realize their player is there. And they've been targeting him probably before even last season started. It was, uh, you know, tank for Tua before. And they're there at number five. And they're going to draft Tua. And they're going to put all their faith in, in um, their hope and belief that he's healthy. And the Dolphins are going to be drafting Tua. And, they're going to, and that's going to be their savior, they hope. On to number six. All right. That brings – puts me on the clock with the Los Angeles Chargers now. Um, again, a, a bunch of needs here. You would think, you know, maybe they might go after, after a quarterback here. Although I've seen a lot of recent mocks have them taking a defensive player, have them taking um, Isaiah Williams at that number six spot. I just don't see it. I just don't see how you let Phil, Phillip Rivers go after, you know, a decade plus there of having a franchise quarterback. Uh, and you stick with Tyrod Taylor, I think the Chargers have to go a quarterback here. I think they will go a quarterback here. And I think they lock up Herbert from Oregon as their quarterback of the future at six. And I still think they signed Cam Newton to bridge the gap in the offseason. Another prop bet of mine. That's I'm right. I, 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 I dropped some money on Cam Newton going to the Chargers as well. Although I also dropped money on Cam Newton going to the Patriots. All right. So, you know, Panthers – here we are, you know, they've got two stud defensive players on the board they can choose from, Simmons, Brown. You know, I think there's just too much scheme versatility with Simmons still out there. And I think that's the pick. I mean, he can fill in multiple areas, be the defensive leader. You know, this is a franchise that's kind of rebuilding in a way, you know, under a new regime. So I think you take Simmons and, you know, you build a very dynamic defense with him instantly. So that's my pick. I like that too, Koza. Another another big point about that: Keekley retires, so right. they're looking to fill that void on defense. Yeah, I, I agree too. I know I know they want uh, defensive line, and and looking at uh, at Brown sitting out there from Auburn is uh, you know a tasty pick, but uh, you, you just can't let a talent like Simmons get passed up like that. So I, I agree. I think it's a great pick by um, by the Panthers. Uh, so next up is uh, is the Arizona Cardinals. And they made a really good trade in the offseason to pick up DeAndre Hopkins. 
to uh, complement uh, the quarterback, but they need to keep him upright. I mean, he can't just keep running and running and running. And so I think offensive line is the biggest need for them. And with Wills coming off the board to the Giants, uh, I think the Cardinals are going to move and pick uh, Werfs. They're going to pick Tristan Werfs from Iowa as their offensive line pick to uh, hopefully solidify the offensive line and, and keep uh, their quarterback upright. All right. That puts me back on the board at number nine for the Jacksonville Jaguars, one of the most hapless franchises in the entire league. Um, they probably would be pretty well served getting another one of the, the offensive tackles here, but I'm not going to pick the offensive tackle. I'm going to take uh, CJ Henderson out of Florida, the cornerback. Um, the Jaguars had to trade away Jalen Ramsey during the season. They got two first round picks for him, which was a nice deal. I think they come back with the number nine pick overall here, uh, replace Ramsey with Henderson. Uh, and they still have another pick later on in the first round. So C.J. Henderson out of Florida to Jacksonville with the number nine pick. Ten on to Cleveland. Yeah, so Cleveland, you'll never know what Cleveland's going to do, right? Uh, you know, it needs offensive tackle, safety, linebacker, D-line. You know, still talk that Beckham could be traded. Who knows if they wind up acquiring a few, few more picks here in the draft. But, you know, ever since Joe Thomas retired, you know, they need O-line help. They need a left tackle. And really here, it's coming down to Becton or Thomas, really what they believe or who they believe is going to be the better tackle. Obviously, Becton, higher upside. Thomas, more polished, more NFL ready. Uh, a lot of mocks have Becton going here, you know, just for the upside purposes. And honestly, I'm going to roll with that too. I think that's a good pick. Uh, I think, you know, you, you go for potential here. You're looking at someone who could potentially be a gold jacket player at 10. If it all pans out right, so, you know, taking a little bit of a risk, going with Becton, Cleveland Browns. Yeah, so I think that this, the, our mock draft just, like, fell into the lap of the New York Jets because much like Cleveland, much like um, the Cardinals and the Giants, the Jets need offensive line help to keep Sam Darnold upright. I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. I think the best offensive lineman – Right now, from my perspective, from a lot of scouts' perspective, who's ready to go, ready to play, is Andrew Thomas from Georgia. And I'm glad he fell to the Jets, and that's going to be my pick. I know the sexy pick for Jet fans is the wide receivers, and CeeDee Lamb and Jerry Judy are still sitting out there, and the Jets need wide receivers. But, you know, you can't make two picks out of one. And I think the, the most important thing is to try to get an offensive tackle who's going to be there for the next 10, 12 years. So Andrew Thomas is the Jets pick at number 11. All right. I'm going to enjoy my time right now as the general manager of the Las Vegas Raiders. Whenever the strip opens back up, we're going to be throwing lots of parties, you know, at the Cosmopolitan before we go see Raiders games. Uh, and with my first draft pick uh, in my tenure as general manager of the Las Vegas Raiders at number 12, I'm going to pick the best wide receiver in this draft, CeeDee Lamb. Oh. You know, John Gruden's going to want to go with the sexy pick, especially after the Antonio Brown debacle last summer. Uh, they want to get another wide receiver in there. So at number 12 for the Raiders, I'm taking CeeDee Lamb. Nice one. All right. On to the 49ers, where they acquired this pick from the Indianapolis Colts by trading JT's cousin, DeForest Buckner. <laughs> 
getting you know all pro defensive linemen i thought 13 was kind of a, a pricey pick to pay for that but you know it is what it is 49ers are on the clock uh you know they just missed out on cd lamb you know they need wide receiver help i think it's number one in their list you know came close to winning it all last year so i think they just take you know some people said 1a 1b i think jerry judy's next up he's the pick alabama Boom, wide receiver. Number one wide out, San Francisco. Here we go. Let's make another run at the Super Bowl. All right, so we move to Tampa Bay, who's made probably the biggest move in the offseason by signing Tom Brady as their quarterback, moving away from uh, Jameis Winston. And now they just made a trade for Rob Gronkowski. And they have Mike Evans as a receiver. They have Mike Goodwin as a receiver. They have their tight end. They have O.J. Howard as, another, as a tight end. They have the receiving core. What do they need? offensive line well the top four offensive linemen just went off the board so who's left who's up there and like on the fringe of you know a good offensive lineman i'm taking josh uh josh jones out of houston he's my pick he's gonna hopefully solidify that offensive line keep tom brady up so he can throw to all those receivers so my pick at number uh, 14 for the buccaneers Josh Jones out of Houston. Nice. All right. So I'm up next, number 15 overall, the Denver Broncos. I'm now John Elway. Um, I think the Broncos uh, got to solidify that wide receiver core. They've got Cortland Sutton, who is kind of like a, a bigger receiver. They lost Emmanuel Sanders, who was like their smaller, quicker receiver. I think uh, they dig into the bag of tricks right here and get the speediest wide receiver in the draft, one of the fastest receivers we've ever seen in Henry Ruggs. Number 15 overall, uh, John Elway gets Drew Locke, another toy to play with, takes Henry Ruggs to put on the other side of Cortland Sutton um, and rolls uh, into next year. Uh, Henry Ruggs going to, to uh, Denver. All right, so this next pick, Falcons, really tough pick here. So there's been a lot of talk that the Falcons are trying to trade up into the top five. I don't know if you guys have heard about that, but you know, last time they traded that high was for Julio Jones. So I don't know if there's a wide receiver they necessarily need. I mean, they have Calvin Ridley, they have Julio Jones still. But, you know, Matty Ice, he's getting up there in age. They could be looking at a quarterback. Um, they definitely need secondary help, you know, looking at their roster. Maybe some edge help is the second most needed uh, area for them. You know, I could see them. Maybe they're trying to trade up for Akuda. Who knows? You know, maybe, maybe the Giants consider moving all the way down here. I don't think Atlanta makes this pick. But if they have to make this pick, I think they're doing something in the secondary. So, you know, highest rated secondary person, right, player right now, Xavier McKinney out of Alabama. Can't go wrong with Alabama players. Um, you know, I think that would probably be their pick at this point. So I'm going to roll with that, give them some secondary help, and pass it over to you, JT. Yeah, so listen, I'm sitting here at number 17 with the Cowboys. And as I said it before, um, I like the over on the edge rusher, uh, Kalevon Chazon from LSU. And I'm sitting here at 17 with the Cowboys, and I had two players on my draft board. I had... Xavier McKinney from Alabama as a safety, and I had Kalevon Chazon from LSU. Guess what? 
Chazon is sitting here. McKinney just went off the board. So I'm taking the edge rusher. That's what they need. They need secondary help or they need an edge rusher. And the edge rusher is sitting here. So I'm taking Chazon from LSU. 17th pick by Dallas. All right. So then we have the Miami Dolphins back on the clock at number 18 overall. This was the first round pick they got from the Pittsburgh Steelers from trading Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, now, I got to be honest with you. If uh, McKinney was still on the board, I was going to go McKinney right here to replenish that secondary uh, for the Dolphins. He's obviously gone. So instead, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get um, Tua Tagliova another toy to play with, another weapon. And I'm going to go with a little surprise pick here, I think. And I'm going to go Denzel Mims, the uh, wide receiver from Baylor. Uh, who had a really great career and then apparently had a ridiculous combine has been shooting up draft boards. Everything I hear about this guy is positive that he's a great all around receiver. Uh, so I'm going to go Mims to Miami at 18 uh, and perhaps a little bit of a surprise with McKinney off the board. Nice. All right. So I'm John Gruden now back on the clock here. Taking another first round pick from the Cleo Mack trade. So, you know, I still have some needs. Uh, you know, went wide receiver already, top wide on the board, you know, cornerback, D-line, O-line, linebacker, you know, none of the, the top three quarterbacks are on the board here. You know, could look to develop, say, you know, Josh Love or so. But I think at this point, you know, we're just looking to the board. We're going to see who the highest ranked cornerback is at this point. We need secondary help. And we're going with A.J. Terrell out of Clemson. Uh, you know, he's who I have highest ranked next. And, you know, that fills the need. Now we've got wide receiver, cornerback. Uh, and we can look to D-line, O-line, maybe in the later rounds. Yeah, so I'm sitting at number 20 with Jacksonville. And they're sort of sitting in the same position as, um, as the Raiders. They need secondary help. And if A.J. Terrell was on the board, that would have been – my pick as the GM of, of Jacksonville. So I kind of look down the list and I say, who's the next best cornerback? And it's, um, it's Jeff Gladney out of TCU or the safety Ashton Davis out of California. So do I want to go safety or cornerback? I think I'm going to stick with cornerback and take uh, Jeff Gladney out of TCU as the next best available cornerback uh, in the draft. So that's going to be my pick at number 20 with the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right, so here we are. At number 20, 21, my Philadelphia Eagles are on the clock. Uh, their biggest need, without a doubt, is wide receiver. Uh, and I hate going chalk, but I love taking wide receivers. So I'm going to go ahead and play Howie Roseman for a second. Um, if I was really playing Howie R Roseman, I'd, I'd pull off like three or four trades right here. But if I'm sticking at 21, I will stick with the chalk pick that you see in most mock drafts. And that's taking the wide receiver out of uh, LSU, uh, Justin Jefferson. Uh, again, like I said, uh, in, the, in the preceding weeks, I did not think he was a very sexy pick. All I knew about him was that he spent most of his time in the slot last year, which I think can be kind of a mask for some of your weaknesses as a wide receiver. But he was so dominant last year in the slot. And the more scouting reports that I take in uh, have convinced me that he's more than just that that he's a very polished receiver. Um, he's got great hands. He's got speed. 
He's got great reaction on the field. He can even block. He's a good blocker for a receiver. So I'm going Justin Jefferson, 21, to my Philadelphia Eagles. Wide receiver. So just real quick, uh, before we move on to pick number uh, 22. Um, so Miami, I guess, at number uh, 18, didn't like um, Justin Jefferson? No, they, they went Mims over Jefferson because they were yeah, – in fact, they're, not, they're, not as, they're not as bright as uh, the Eagles, and so they – no, they were infatuated with Mims from his combine performance. Got it. Got it. Okay. Got it. Nice. All right. So 22, Minnesota. Yep. Um, this is from the Bills, the Stefan Diggs trade. You know, Minnesota, they didn't want to pay him. Obviously, you know, great talents. The Bills now get a number one. Minnesota has no wide receivers. The Eagles just took, you know, probably who, you know, we're targeting here. We're, we're stuck. Do we reach for another wide receiver? You know, we've now gone multiple wide receivers in the first round. Like we didn't think would happen, but here we are. Teams are getting desperate. So I think we're, we're just looking to the board at this point, looking who's next up at, at wide receiver. You know, who can we get highest talent rated on our board? Uh, you know, it, it's a tough one because it's so obvious, but, you know, quarterback is also a need here. So this is this really has me in a bind as a GM. Um, you know, do you reach for a wide receiver who maybe isn't the talent that you think should be here, or do you just take the next best cornerback? Uh, I'm struggling here. I'm, I'm using up every minute <laughs> of the clock. Hit the red, hit think, the red button. Hit the red button. <laughs> technical issues. Technical issues. Uh, you know, I, I think. I think I'm going to wait this out. I think I'm going to try and get Beckham. I don't like the value right now. I almost pulled the trigger on a wide receiver here. I think I'm going to still try and make ODB happen for a second and a fifth next year. I'm going to go top-rated quarterback on the board. Uh, I'm going to take uh, Noah. I can never say his name right. Ingwadude <laughs> from Auburn. Uh, you know, coming out of a top program. I think he fills a need. And I think that is you know, my pick for Minnesota. Uh, okay, so now we move on to um, the perennial uh, champions who seem to be the Super Bowl champions almost like every other year, although this past year they got eliminated pretty early from the playoffs, and that's the New England Patriots. And they find themselves in a situation where they do not have Tom Brady as their starting quarterback this year. And so what do they do? Are they going to rely on Jarrett Stedham to be their quarterback, or are they going to go out on a limb and draft a quarterback in the first round because guess who's out there? The talk of the town, the, uh, uh, the guy who's shown a lot of promise, Jordan Love. And I think this is the year that Bill Belichick makes that move and drafts a quarterback in the first round and grooms him to be the new starting quarterback of the New England Patriots. I mean, he made the bold move by moving away from Tom Brady. So with the 23rd pick, in the NFL draft, the New England Patriots draft Jordan Love out of Utah State. I like it. I like it. Um, next up is me with the New Orleans Saints at 24th overall. Um, if, if Love had slipped to 24, I could see myself for the Saints seriously considering the quarterback there um, to take over for, uh, for Drew Brees. Uh, instead, you have a team that if you take quarterback out of the mix, they don't have a lot of glaring weaknesses. 
Um, I could see them bolstering the defense a little bit more. They've already brought Malcolm Jenkins on, on that side of the ball. And I think they, they go there again. The, the, their offense is, is, is already one of the best in the NFL. So I'm going to take a linebacker. Uh, and there's two that I'm really looking at. Uh, and I think I'm going to go with the hometown boy. Uh, for the New Orleans Saints at pick 24, I'm going to take linebacker Patrick Queen out of LSU. Uh, and the, the Saints just get a little bit uh, a little bit stronger there by taking the, the home state guy. Nice. All right. So back to me, Minnesota. So we, you know, as we discussed just a few minutes ago, cornerback, now we filled a need. Still have a wide receiver need. Um, you know, I, I think we're just going to struggle here a little bit still. We're going to stick with Beckham, you know, going to be our target down the road. I think we could use some edge rushing help at this point. You know, Minnesota has always had a pretty good D-line, but they need to reinforce the trenches a little bit here with that. I think uh, A.J. Espinoza out, uh, out of Iowa at the edge position is going to be a nice, nice pick for them there, coming off the, uh, coming off the, the side of the line for them. Um, so that is my pick. I wanted him for my, for my next pick, for my next team, damn you. Ah, yeah, good, good pick. Um, I definitely had him on my board. Um, so I move down to uh, pick 26, and once again, I have the Miami Dolphins. I had pick two at number five uh, as their new quarterback. But, you know, he needs some protection, and he needs to bolster that offensive line. I know they need some defensive line help, and there's some, some decent players out there on the defensive line, but uh, I'm going to try and bolster that offensive line right now, and I'm going to take the next best available offensive lineman, and that's Ezra Cleveland out of Boise State is my pick at number 26 for the Miami Dolphins to, uh, to put some support around uh, uh, Tua. Nice. All right. So I'm uh, back on the clock right now for the Seattle Seahawks at number 27. Not, not an easy pick to make, I don't think. Um, unfortunately, I can't go wide receiver, I don't think, um, because I think the, the Seahawks already did pretty well for themselves last year with DK Metcalf. But I know that one of their needs is a defensive line and edge rusher specifically. Um, and now my, my only hope is that this guy wasn't already taken. Uh, Penn State, Yetter Gross Matos. Not taken, still on the board. All right, good, good, good. I just wanted to make sure that was the case. So they take the Penn State product, uh, an edge rusher, which I think fits what they, fits what they want to do. Um, they have not yet re-signed uh, Jadavion Clowney. Uh, so assuming he's gone, they've got to replace that production. And they do that at number 27 by taking the edge rusher, Gross Matos from Penn State. Yeah, there was some talk that the Giants are hoping he falls to the second round, pick 36. So, you know, that's an, a name to keep an eye on as far as, you know, Giants fans go. You know, definitely need help on the edge, see if he falls that far. But on to my next pick, which is Baltimore. So, yeah, another team that kind of needs edge linebacker help. You know, there was one analyst I was reading a write-up that, you know, could be a dark horse team to trade up for Simmons. Right. I know they're sitting way down here at 28, but, you know, essentially now you have a new leader, the new, uh, you know, linebacker, defensive captain. I mean, I don't know how they'd get from 28 up into probably the top, we'll say top 10 at a minimum, but, you know, that'd be a savvy move for Baltimore to do, which I, 
know, they've, they've made nice moves in the past, but, you know, I think they're, they're looking linebacker here for sure. Um, I think Kenneth Murray out of Oklahoma makes a lot of sense for them here. Oh. That's someone where, you know, they're getting good value at, at 28. And that's my pick. You snaked me again. I wanted him <laughs> for, for Green Bay to take over for Blake Martinez. Nice. Yeah, so look, we're, we're getting down to the end of the first round, and uh, I'm picking at number 29 with the Tennessee Titans, and my draft board is now um, completely barren because all of the, the uh, targets that I had on there have now all been picked. But their two um, needs for the Tennessee Titans are offensive line and defensive line. Uh, so uh, when I look at what their ultimate need is, it's offensive line, and I know that a bunch of offensive linemen have gone off the board but there's still a really good offensive lineman from USC still on the board, and his name is Austin Jackson. And uh, given the fact that the Titans need offensive line help, I'm going offensive line, and I'm going to pick Austin Jackson out of USC to, uh, to help with Tannehill there in uh, Tennessee. All right, so we're coming near the end of the first round here, and at number 30, I'm picking for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I did have my heart set on Murray to uh, get a linebacker replacement for Blake Martinez in Green Bay. That's not uh, a possibility anymore, so I'm going to shift gears and get Aaron Rodgers a little more wide receiver help. Uh, and I've got two guys that I'm looking at. Um, and uh, I think I'm going to go with a little bit of, of a surprise here. I'm going to go wide receiver here. That's not the surprise. Uh, to the Green Bay Packers at number 30. And I'm going to take a surprise first-round pick, Michael Pittman Jr., wide receiver out of USC, 6'4", ran a 5'4", 4'5", at the Combine, an all-around really good receiver, uh, a good compliment, I think, to uh, Devontae Adams in Green Bay. Get Rodgers, another wide receiver he can actually count on. Hopefully they're done drafting all those mid to late round wide receivers, hoping that something happens with Anquinamius, St. Brown, Smith, Clinton, Rock, Francis, whatever his name is, and, and guys like that. Uh, and they go wide receiver here with Pittman Jr. out of USC. Now, John, the problem I have with this pick is earlier in the pod, you said under wide receivers, <laughs> five and a half. Your pick right there puts us at six wide receivers in the first round. You've just busted your own pick. Hey, that's, you, you know, know listen, my number one priority right here is, is what's good for the Green Bay Packers uh, for another five seconds. And, and <laughs> in my estimation, that was taken the wide receiver. So I guess what I'm saying is, do you want to rethink that prop? <laughs> are you, are you reneging, either reneging on that one? Nope, nope, nope. To me, it's two completely separate things. If I'm looking at the okay. whole first round as a better, I'll take the under. If I'm looking at pick 30 as the GM of the Green Bay Packers with the board falling the way it did, I'm going wide receiver. And, and you know that this board is never going to fall the way it fell uh, tonight with the three of us. So uh, I still like your, your <laughs> under uh, five and a half. Yep. Nice. All right. So back to the 49ers here. So, yeah, I mean, looking to make a run. You know, when quarterback, uh, you know, I think, you know, wide receiver is another need here for, for the Niners uh, staring us right in the face. Um, it's a tough one. You know, I'm, I'm looking up board here. You know, I'm looking at some borderline second round talents. Oh, man. 
This is a tough pick. Uh, yeah, but you know what? At the same time, I think the Niners could use, you know, I don't see anything wrong with doubling down on cornerback in the first round, right? This is a, this is a league where I just read that defenses were in the nickel 75% of the time. So, you know, you can't just have one great corner. You need two. So I'm going with Trevin Diggs here, cornerback at Alabama. I think he's a, you know, really good prospect, good value here at the end of the rounds. And uh, it's a deep draft for wide receivers. So I'm going to try and look wide receiver maybe a little bit later in the draft. Now, there was some talk that the 49ers were looking to trade down because they had these two number ones and not much else late in the draft. So there's a chance maybe they just say, hey, let's just trade back in the first here, pick up some extra picks, take that wide receiver in the second. But for now, I think, uh, you know, we double down in corner. Really, real uh, shutdown defense. Yeah. So Trevin Diggs, the brother of Stefan Diggs, receiving right. from Minnesota, uh, great cornerback out of, uh, I believe, Alabama. So yeah, a good pick. He was definitely on my board. With the last pick of the NFL draft, the Super Bowl champions, Kansas City Chiefs, and what is their biggest need? Running back. No. Oh. <laughs> Linebacker. And who am I going with? Best linebacker on the board right now. Top linebacker was uh, – inside linebacker was Patrick Queen, gone. Second was uh, Kenneth Murray out of Oklahoma, gone. So who does that leave? I'm going Logan Wilson out of Wyoming with the 32 pick, 32nd pick of the first round of the NFL draft, the third best inside linebacker left on the draft going to the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs to close out the first round of the NFL draft, Logan Wilson. I like it. Just real, real quick on that, I had a, um, an ulterior motive there. I have a, a dynasty league that I joined last year, and I have the first pick this year. Um, so I'm looking at Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin or DeAndre Swift to, out of Georgia, the two running backs. And if either one of them were to be drafted by Kansas City, with the 32nd pick in the first round, I would throw a party that only I could attend, but I would still throw a party. So fellas, that ends our uh, NFL draft preview. Hopefully everybody out there, when they listen to our podcast, will enjoy it. You know, go on the, uh, the betting websites, uh, take our knowledge into consideration and Another episode of Wagers Ragers. Guys, any parting words for the uh, audience out there? I'd like to propose one quick thing before we leave here. One trade you think is going to happen or one team you think is definitely going to trade? Eagles trade up for CeeDee Lamb. Wow. Um, trade a second this year and a second next year. Move up to number 10 or 11, take Lamb. Nice. Yeah, I think I'm sticking with my Giants to trade down. I think they're going to trade down to, you know, minimum, I would say Miami. But I don't think it's likely. I think more Chargers come up. They still get the old top, one of the top line prospects they're looking at and uh, keep some interest happening early in the draft. I mean, the only trade that I could see potentially happening, maybe, is if Tampa Bay is looking at this and 
and saying, we really need this one particular offensive lineman that's going to protect Tom Brady because we have the receiving quarter that's, you know, ready to make a playoff run and, and potentially a Super Bowl run. It's moving up to get that offensive lineman, but it's pretty offensive line deep. So I can see them sitting tight at 14, but they're basically waiting on a bunch of teams above them, you know, that are going to pick and choose from the top four offensive linemen. So maybe they move up. Jets, I, can't, I, I don't see moving up because I think, you know, whoever they have on their board, whether it's uh, Becton or Wills or or Werfs or Thomas, is going to fall to them at 11. So they're going to have their pick of those four. But maybe Tampa Bay. Nice one. All right, guys. So another great episode of Wagers Razor, Wagers. And uh, hopefully everybody – uh, make some solid bets this uh, Thursday night on the first round picks. Yep. I do have one quick parting thought and that's, you know, we hope everybody out there is staying safe um, and doing the right thing by yourself and your family. And we hope we are able to give you a little bit of uh, diversion from what's going on in the real world. And, you know, hopefully the NFL draft does that over the next few days as well. Um, and I am going to throw out, I'm going to throw out my own track of the week. <laughs> Uh, it's a song, it's an old school song that I've been listening to a lot recently uh, because it has a positive message, just kind of keeps me going uh, and keeps my mind in the right space that, you know, you just got to take each day as it comes um, and just do your best every day. And it's the song entitled Every Day uh, by a great, great vocalist who we lost last year, Kim English, the Hex Hector mix. Uh, it's a great song, I think, for these days because it helps us keep positive on a day-to-day -day basis. Nice, John. On that uplifting vibe type feel there, you know, one song that recently came out, Tool Room, Mark Knight, Laura Davey, If It's Love, you know, very uplifting track, great tech house song, uh, really feeling that at the moment. And just, you know, if you're looking for a track to kind of pick you up a little bit, I think that's, you know, what you want to get to listen to. Trancy track that I uh, picked up on on a uh, Marcus Schultz podcast from a year ago is It's Not Now Club Mix Cosmic Gate. Great track, uplifting, solid track. guys good episode today we will regroup everybody stay safe be well wagers ragers out yep and follow us on twitter at ragers underscore wager we'll be live tweeting during the draft all three nights see you okay. oh.